That's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome back to the Bottom Line News Radio 610 KONA. It's hour number two on your Wednesday afternoon. 547-1610 is the number. You can reach us via email, 610KONA.com, the bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. You can find us on Twitter at Bottom Line 610, Parlor, the Bottom Line 610, and our free mobile app via the Google Play and the Apple Stores. And we'll remind you of our poll question right now on Twitter, and that is how long will it take for Seattle? to find a new police chief. Of course, in light of the cuts made by the Seattle City Council uh, that prompted the resignation of Police Chief Carmen Best yesterday and the threats of more cuts to come in 2021, my opinion, it is the least attractive law enforcement job in America right now. Uh, And even... They have, they do have an interim chief at this point in time, but there is a big difference between interim and full. And so I really can't imagine anybody wanting to take that job knowing what they're going into. But some interesting things are floating around social media. <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> imagine that. Interesting things floating around social media. Now we know. That many Republicans in the state of Washington have felt uh, beaten up and bruised over the course of the last few years. Uh, They've seen the Senate in the state go from a thin Republican majority to a deficit. They saw two years ago the House grow significantly with Democrat representation. Jay Inslee is still the governor and could be on the path to being the governor again. As as of the last counts that came out, the governor's still sitting pretty with just over 50% of the vote in the state. So it's going to be a going to be a tough road for Lauren Culp to climb. But most of the scuttle is centering around a different race at the state level, and that is at the lieutenant governor spot, Hmm. where right now combined, now there are more than two Democrats running. There are, uh, if the count is correct, there are four Democrats that are running for lieutenant governor. And of those four Democrats... They have a combined total of roughly uh, 43, 45%. Okay. Okay. 51%. 51% total among the four Democrats. You've got one with 25%, one with 18%, uh, one with 8%, and one with 2%. Now... There is, there will be two Democrats that will face off. It will be uh, U.S. Congressman Denny Heck and current state Senator Marco Elias. Yes. Republicans didn't fare badly 
but you know they 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 didn't get enough to to come really anywhere close to getting into the top two. So there's been a lot of movement on social media to forge a write-in campaign and attempt to take this seat away from the Democrats. Lieutenant Governor, huh? Lieutenant Governor, by coalescing around one Republican candidate and mounting a statewide write-in campaign. Hmm. That would be interesting. I mean, we've, you know, look, we've seen write-ins, you know, every race has a write-in, and some people do it as a funny thing. Other people just write somebody in because they can't really pick between the listed candidates. Right. But you're talking about a, a concerted effort. A concerted effort. Uh-huh. Now, if you look at the two outstanding Democrats, their combined total of outstanding percentage in the vote is 11.3%. Okay. Even if you add all 11.3% to Denny Heck's vote total, it's 36%. Okay. You add it to Marco Leas, it brings him up to 30% which is still far short than what it would take to win a general election. Now, if you imagine that they split that vote and get 5% each, you have the ability to take that seat with a concerted write-in campaign behind one candidate. Hmm. But then come in the issues. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. As we've talked about agnosium, as it pertains to one particular political party, There's the idea of something, and then there's the actual execution of that something. Yes, the execution of that is is what's going to be interesting to see, because you had five Republicans run for governor that were considered to be possible... Viable candidates. Viable candidates, Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. But... Each of those performed differently in different parts of the state. True. Could you get one of those candidates to consolidate a write-in campaign and get Republicans throughout the state to jump on board and vote in favor of said candidate? My answer to that would be... A yes if. The caveat to me is this. It has to be well organized, and that would include the Republican State Party. And personally, I don't have anything against Caleb Heimlich. He's a nice guy. But we've seen a history. What what have we seen a history of under his leadership of the of the Republican State Party? We have seen not very good candidates, except for Dino Rossi, not very good candidates for governor. You mentioned a loss, losses uh, to Democrats in seats in the legislature in both chambers and a very hands off approach when it comes to candidates, except when they get to the general election. And then it's all hands on deck. Inslee's horrible vote for our guy. It would take. If it was a statewide concerted effort to do a write-in can- a campaign for lieutenant governor, it would have to include the Republican State Party. 
if they're willing to do it and put the, the time, money, and effort behind it, it's an interesting thought. Well, and here's the other aspect, too. We know that it's like 24% of Washington State is registered Republican. Yeah. That's less than the amount of registered Democrats. And if you look at the returns from the Secretary of State's office and the overall voter turnout is just above 53%, there's some independent votes in there that need to be factored. Yep. So you would need to convince independents that Denny Heck and Marco Leas are not the right choice. And you would also have to fight the preconscription that most people have, which is to vote for who's on the ballot. Yeah. I mean, that is a major, major habitual thing that people have, Mm -hmm. is this is who's on the ballot, this is who I have to choose from. That's right. Fill in one of the bubbles. You would need to wage a campaign, a write-in campaign, with, as you alluded to, money, time, effort, travel, to convince voters to write that individual's name in. And then you get the other question which is also a fair question to ask. If you take one of the five candidates that ran for governor and they run for lieutenant governor, could that hurt them? Hmm. Could that hurt them because they didn't, they weren't successful in getting the gubernatorial nomination, so would running for lieutenant governor, and we, we opined on this with Kamala Harris. Yeah, right. Could it would it backfire to have one of those candidates? Now, granted, they've already got the name recognition. They've already been out there on the campaign trail around the state. So people are familiar with who they are. But if people didn't vote for them to be the nominee for governor, would they be likely to vote for that person to be lieutenant governor if it meant end rounding a seat from Democrats at the state level? First and foremost, and this would, I think, be the most difficult part, I would think, uh, given what I've seen from the the state Republican Party, is you got to settle on one person. Who is that one person going to be? Once they do that, assuming that that person still has any money left in in his war chest, it's going to take a lot of money. You know, and you know, you have got I mean, you've got to do an all out assault because of what you said. It's not, this person is not on the ballot. So you have to in a very short amount of time, you've got to blitz media, TV, radio, newspaper, fly, you know, flyers in your mailbox, write in candidate for ex candidate for lieutenant governor, stamp it on people's mind. I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm not convinced that the Washington State Republican Party can pull that off. 547-1610, back with more after this. 
Speak your piece. Call 509-547-1610. More of The Bottom Line, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A547-1610, the number if you'd like to get involved. CBD American Shaman. Across from the Great Elevator on Clearwater in Kennewick, waiting for you to come by and see the 100% all-natural CBD products they have that could help you. Whether you're looking for pain relief or maybe a better night's sleep, maybe a little bit more energy during the day, or just something to relax a little bit after a long day at work, CBD American Shaman has beverages, they've got salves, they've got topicals, they've got ingestibles, you name it, they've got it. And it's 100% all natural. Their nanotechnology helps make their CBD oil, oil water soluble. So it dissolves in your system and is maximized in your system much faster than regular CBD oil. Stop by CBD American Shaman across from the Grain Elevator on Clearwater in Kennewick today and talk to the most knowledgeable staff on CBD products in the Tri-Cities. 547-1610 if you want to get involved. So I guess the question is, who would be the candidate yeah. that Republicans would be most likely to rally around? Because, look, it's expensive to run a governor's race. Yeah. And if you just look at the expenditures about you know regarding the race, I mean, for example, the guy that raised the most money, the guy that raised the most money amongst the Republican candidates was, I believe, Josh Freed at about $1.5 million. Wow, okay. Okay. He raised about $1.5 million. $1.6 million. He spent like one point, almost $1.3. Oh, wow. So, I mean, how that's, that's not a lot of money to run. No. A full-on, I mean, you spent $1.3 million to run for governor. Yeah. So what's left to run for lieutenant governor? That's my point, is if Republicans want to do this, it's going to have to come from the state Republican Party. Um, if it's going to be effective at all, it's got to have the backing, both financial and otherwise, to coalesce behind one person and fund it. And okay. then you have a shot. A, a guy whose name was coming up a lot especially towards the end, put on some big fundraising at the end, Raul Garcia, yeah, raised almost 421000 Mm-hmm. spent 332500 Yeah. What does that leave you? Not much. Exactly. It doesn't leave you a lot to do that with. So if you're looking to find a candidate to coalesce around, and if the Washington State Republican Party wants to jump on board of this, and try and find a candidate that is going to be able to end around Denny Heck and Marco Leas, they are going to need some substantial fundraising on their own end to be able to help fund this campaign as much as it's going to need to be funded. I mean, you're looking at basically you would this would be a writing campaign like we've never seen before. Well, it is 2020, after all. I mean, mine as well. Absolutely. I mean, this, this, I mean, but think about it. And here's another thing. I mean, could they could if this happens? Okay, regardless of the result, but if the idea takes off, 
to coalesce behind one Republican candidate who does not make it to the general based on the primary results to run for lieutenant governor. Would it change all the rules? I mean, right in, right now, people look at right in, and, and and nobody pays it any attention. Uh, like I said, it's 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 almost a punchline. Yeah, you know, if you can't figure out who you want to vote for, you write in Mickey Mouse or something, right? You know, uh, how many people have done that? A lot, unfortunately. Yeah, but nobody pays attention to, you know. Okay, now granted, we've noticed there have been some some every once in a while you get some strange things, like in the Benton County Commissioner District Three race. We've got 15,000 votes that have been cast and 360 write-in votes. Yeah. Compared to the Superior Court race, which has 56,000 votes cast and 305 absent or uh, write-in votes. That's a huge difference. 360 out of 15,000 is a pretty big deal. But can you coalesce? And, and this would change the entire game for write-in. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610-KONA. Your name, where are you calling from? This is Max calling from Kennewick. What's on your mind, Max? Uh, I've said this before, but it really bothers me that the Republicans couldn't put forth a more serious attempt to take out Ensley this time around. They should have started two years ago with the candidate. And he should have been making speeches and putting forth criticisms, etc. Do you study the campaigns of Ronald Reagan when he entered politics? John Kennedy, when he entered politics, they campaigned their ass off. Forgive my language. I mean, they were out making speeches, knocking on doors, and they didn't wait till six months before the election. A lot of these guys had no presence statewide uh, until the last few months, and you can't win that way. So my criticism of the Republicans is you obviously don't expect to win. And that's kind of sad, I think. Thanks for the call, Max. Appreciate it. I will say this. uh, Going back to last summer, I know that Joshua Freed was making visits to eastern Washington because he announced he was running, I think, before anyone else. I think he was the first one on the Republican side that became, you know, the top five that announced that he was running and that he made a lot of trips over to eastern Washington last summer to try and gain support and everything else. I, I understand what where Max was coming from. The only thing I'll say in regarding to his reference to Kennedy is Kennedy was not the machine. It was everybody behind Kennedy that was the machine. They pointed and John went. It was his dad. It was a lot of his dad's allies. It was a lot of the old political cronies. They were the ones that ran John Kennedy's campaign and pointed him in what direction to go. But I see his point. However, I guess if you're going to start a year and a half early like Freed did, you know, in a state that's very blue... Yes, it came down to the message. I don't know. I just, again, I I tend to agree with what Max said, and I'll say it again. This is a really intriguing idea, and it could change the landscape of how politics is done in this state. If it's done correctly, it's a great idea. 
not so confident on the execution. And again, all due respect to Caleb Heimlich and the, the folks at the Washington State Republican Party, I don't think that they are capable of undertaking this in a short amount of time. Back with more after this. The bottom line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. Happy Wednesday. Robin Dead hanging with you, 547-1610 to get involved. And thanks to this caller for their patience during the break. You're up. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is Michelle from Pasco. And I was thinking about what the last caller said. Um, the parties in the county hold regular meetings. They're not well attended. People are invited. Um, these meetings have had to go digital. There were tons of debates. There were tons of Zoom meetings. Um, there, there is an incredible effort on the grassroots to reach everybody. But, um, you know, I would say to Max, you know, that would be where you should be going to get your information. And then you have to take into uh, account there were no voter pamphlets, so people couldn't flip through and read a little bit at a time, you know, 17 days in advance about each candidate and make up their mind. It was online. But many people struggle with that or just were so busy, didn't kept looking for it, didn't get it, and then the primaries are here. And then we had such a big bunch of candidates come through. That's a lot to sort out. And then you want to throw in the COVID stuff, which, you know, doesn't allow door-to-door or a lot of the typical things that you see in a year. And... Um, <laughs> It really, I, I, I'm a little chagrined to hear a caller come in and blame the Republican Party when the Republican Party has been very active. They've grown. They've worked very hard. They've, they've got young and old alike coming in. Um, but there's different groups in the Republican Party, you know. And so to coalesce all of that, we need more activity from the voters themselves. Some would say that 50% voter turnout is great i i would rather see like 80 90 percent that's when america is vested in her future thanks for the time you bet thank you for the call 547 if you'd like to join the bottom line and i don't i can't obviously i can't speak for the caller so i don't know if he was referring to local republican parties the state party or just all of it as a whole but I know that there are people that were disappointed in the state Republican Party for not coming out in support of a candidate to help make it a little clearer for Republican voters. Now, you can argue both sides of that coin. On one end of it, the idea behind being a Republican is you, you welcome the different ideas, you welcome the different thoughts, and you welcome the, the slightly off elements of the platform. You know, there's basic elements that are there that you want each candidate to take to heart, but there are people that have different ideas of getting to the same place, and that's something that's usually been welcomed in the Republican Party. So by them not taking a stance, they're allowing five candidates to fight it out to see whose message resonates the best, and then they will support that candidate. But there were those that really, and, and I think there's there's something to be said about 
the voter pamphlet going online and some other elements of it that made it more difficult for some to be able to get their messages to certain places in the state than others, but some managed to do it and overcome those challenges. Um, But the Republican Party, with five people involved, um, may have made it a little bit easier and may may have made a candidate look stronger had they come out or maybe intimated who they would have liked to have seen. Now, look, we know that that happened with Democrats in 2016. We know that happened with the Democrats this year as well, where they coalesced behind Hillary Clinton early, even though they didn't make it, quote, official. Hillary was who they wanted. Joe Biden was who they wanted. And even though it wasn't made official, Joe Biden was who they wanted. So could they have done something similar? Yes. Would it have gone against the spirit of what Republicans stand for? Yes, it would have. Would it have made it easier for the Republicans that are not actively involved, those that are not members of county parties, those that are not as involved as others on a regular basis that go to the meetings or follow things? Would it have made it easier for that casual Republican to make a decision and have a candidate come out of the primary stronger uh, than what it appears to be. I think you can make an argument for that. And I think that, that when you take Max's comments into consideration that, you know, well, you had a real opportunity and these are the five candidates. Actually, I think a couple of those candidates were stronger than Bill Bryant. I really do. Oh, I th- yeah. I think a couple of those candidates were stronger than Bill Bryant from four so years too. ago. And you've got so many that were running that, and so many different messages, some being heard, some not, that it did make it a little bit more difficult. But, I mean, in all reality, the Republicans coalesced behind Bill Bryan pretty quickly four years ago. Yeah, but again, like you, also you said, didn't have the field. Right. You didn't have the field. Uh, certainly wasn't this big. I, I guess. From my standpoint, and again, I consider myself an independent. I've 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 voted for both R's and D's, and and I, I fancy myself in in the middle for better or for worse. So I guess looking at the landscape, and maybe I'm I'm overgeneralizing a bit. Is Republicans seem to me anyway more about the message they want to you know like you said they'll they'll listen to just about everybody in the process and come up with a a message that they are about and move forward, almost hoping that that message resonates with voters to win an election. The Democrats do the completely the opposite way. The Democrats are do they do whatever it takes to win an election no matter what the message is, they will change their message midstream if they think it will win an election. I'm not saying one is better than the other, um, but that to me is how it, you've got two parties that are in this that are almost like they're playing two different games. And I'm not saying that the Demo- or that the Republicans need to 
go to the dark side and be all about winning elections. But that's just my that's just my the way I see things and whether it's right or wrong and why it's been so difficult for Republicans to win statewide elections. Yeah, I've won a few. And, you know, but but this this particular case, this this gubernatorial primary um, prime example, you know, you had a, a handful of of viable candidates that split up the vote. And that's why we're having talks about doing a write in campaign for lieutenant governor, which, again, I don't I don't see happening. It's a great idea. It's intriguing sure would make things uh, even a little bit more tastier in in November. Uh, But I I don't, and this isn't a knock. This isn't a knock on the Republican Party, but I don't know that they're not equipped to do something way off script just to win an election. If it was the other way, oh, yeah, I think the Democrats would try that. If, If the roles were reversed, you bet. And I think the Democrats could pull it off because they're built for that. They're they're about winning elections, no matter the message. Five four seven one six ten five zero nine five four seven one six ten. You know, one of the other things that a political party is responsible for recruiting candidates, mm, yeah, vetting candidates, trying to pick electable candidates. Mm-hmm. That is one of the other things that is a responsibility of a political party. Yeah. And so while there are those that would think that letting them fight it out and they're all good Republicans and whichever one comes out is going to be great. That's not vetting. In one aspect, yes, that is correct. In one aspect, that does kind of fly against one of the things that a political party is responsible for. Because I know the county political parties vet candidates, and they interview candidates, and they try to determine which candidate. Now, they can't tell people to run or not to run, but the whole idea of running under that moniker is that the party itself is doing its diligence with the candidates that want to run associated with that party. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. Your name, where are you calling from? <laughs> it's Michelle from Pasco calling back. So in 2016, when it was Donald Trump and Hillary, between the two counties of Benton and Franklin County, 150,000 registered Republicans did not vote. That's correct. Yes. And so I, I'm, I'm entreating you to think again. That the people, we the people means we the people. We, whether you're an independent, Democrat, or Republican, it's your honor, your privilege, your due diligence, and your duty to get out and figure out the vote, whether certain people bring it to you or not. There's just, if you're not in the party, you don't know how much is going on. Well, and there's a lot going on. Michelle, it, Michelle, that's, so, abso- that's absolutely correct. But but you know as well as I do how many people are disengaged from the process, period. And so as much as you would like to see people take voting more seriously, you just like you can't force someone to run or not to run, you can't force someone to vote if they choose to be out of the process. 
and as much attempts as parties have made to try and get people to register to vote, you can get people registered all day long. They still have to return a ballot for it to make a difference. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I just, I'm just saying, this year, with everything that's happened, with our taxes, we're $9 billion in debt. Um, everything is upside down. If, if that doesn't get voters out, I don't think the party ever could. I mean, it's, it, that's my point. No, and I, and and that makes a lot of sense. It does. It, well, you know, what, how much more can a party do if people don't have the the impetus or onus to do it themselves? But there is one other aspect of this that we really haven't touched on, and that is, right now we are discussing the primary. We are discussing the primary results, which were fifty three percent. We know that 20 to 25% of registered voters do not vote in the primary, that they wait for the general election. We'll discuss that when we come back. The bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA-547-1610, if you have any final thoughts. And get in by phone. Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610KONA. About a few minutes, bottom line, News Radio 610KONA, Wednesday afternoon, going right to the phones. You're up on the show. What's your name? Where are you calling from? It is HVAC, gentlemen. Hey, what's going on? Real busy, trying to get caught up. Um, so the last thing I heard, I saw, I guess I didn't hear, I saw on print or whatever that Inslee was at like 700,000 votes. And I get it's the primary, but I mean, is, is that is that correct? Oh, no, he's more than that. He's at like 1.2. Yeah, how does that happen after everything that's gone down? Like, I get it. I've talked to plenty of people from all over, all walks of life, everything like that. Like, I can't, I haven't found anybody that's pleased with a man. I just, it just seems to scream foul to me. You're, you're, well, that's look, all I'm saying. And I hear you. You're not going to find a, a whole ton of people in eastern Washington that were thrilled with him. Uh, a number of people voted for somebody else, but they split their vote between five other people. But keep in mind, too, it's the primary. And th- this is where I am holding out hope regarding Inslee not winning a third term. As we mentioned earlier, 20 to 25% more people, maybe even 30% more, will vote in the general election in a presidential year. So we could be looking at anywhere between 70 and 80% returns in the general, statewide. Okay, last, last the four-year, I think it was 73%, somewhere around there for the state of Washington, somewhere around 73%, maybe 75%. That's number one. Number two, between now and November, there's still plenty of time for Jay Inslee to screw something else up big. There really is. There is still time for him to mess something up. And the direction Seattle's going if it continues to get worse, it might wind up coming back to bite him. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Your name, where are you calling from? Hey, guys, this is Matt from Goldendale. What's up, Matt? Well, I think uh, everybody's doing a rope dope right now just because we're in the primaries. And when we get to the uh, real election, you're going to find out people are going to turn out and vote more Republican than ever. But if you want uh, a real turn on what's going to go, I would suggest that everybody that's listening right now 
read the Declaration of Independence and tell me that if you don't see the Democratic Party um, turn instead of the word tyrant or despots or people that are trying to be our rulers from, from Britain, it's all the Democratic Party and the media right now in the, de- in the Declaration of Independence. So read the Declaration of Independence and then vote, vote the way you think you should. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Matt. Appreciate it. 547-1610 if you have any final thoughts. Had a story come across. I hate to uh, end on a on a downer. It's Uh-oh. not. Uh, no, no, no. It's not. It's 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 not horrible news. Um, but uh, last week, apparently, and this uh, comes from a uh, online news organization in Yelm. Last week, House Minority Leader J T. Wilcox, Republican, contracted COVID. And he has been isolating himself uh, after testing positive uh, the first week of August. And he said he never felt dangerously sick. uh, And he's working his way through it. uh, But he did contract COVID. So just passing that along. That just came down uh, just a moment ago. Okay. You know. Yeah. He's got COVID. Sounds like he'll be okay. You know, I was, 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 was hearing one of the, um, I think it was the doctor from Harborview. Basically, his opinion is treat everybody like they've got it. Yeah. Yeah. Treat everybody like they got it. I mean, in all reality, everybody might get it at some point. But treat everybody like they have it. Um, you know, the numbers in Benton, I mean, the numbers in Benton Franklin County were phenomenal today. I mean, it was what? It was like 30-some cases combined? Yeah. Uh, yes. Again, we have an asterisk next sure. to it because um, we're not getting the full picture of the of the overall tests that are conducted. But, yes, if you strictly look at case counts, yes, it was a very good day. Uh, I'm not going to get too excited because I was really – I was getting excited because I thought we were starting to see a trend on the percent positives going way down. And then, you know, a few days ago, end of last week, beginning of this week, started to not get the full test results. You know, or like all of the tests, i.e. the negative test results mixed into that. And I just think the percent positive number is way more telling than just the raw number. But we're stuck with the raw number for now. But yes, it's it was it was very we haven't seen numbers like that in a long time. Yeah, I mean, really encouraging. Again, it was it was in the teens in both counties. Might have been slightly less than 30. Might have been like 16, 16 in one and 13 in another, something like that. I think it was 13 in Benton and 16 in Franklin, if I remember correctly. Uh, but they were, I mean, they really, they were, well, we'll see what tomorrow has to bring. Yeah. And I know that uh, Dr. Amy Person with the Ben Franklin Health District is going to talk tomorrow about schools yes and the covid trends so that will be some important information that we will pass along to you here on news radio 610 kona so um eh, we'll keep plugging the way we do hopefully sooner than later i mean look it's not getting farther away it's getting closer i think we're getting closer 
You mean the light at the end of the tunnel is not a train? No, it's not a train. <laughs> not a train. Not yet, anyway. That'll do it for the bottom line. Coming up next, the day's news, weather and traffic with the Afternoon Report.